So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm 19? We'll read verses 7 through 10. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for your laws, your statutes, your ordinances. And Lord, thank you that it just whets our appetite when we think about the honey and the honeycomb and compare that with your precious word. Father, just open up our hearts and our minds. And Lord, give me a, a, a vision to see what I need to see this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that you give us every week to stand. I thank you for my people here. I thank you for every home that's represented. And I pray that you speak through us this morning, that we would understand and know what you're trying to say. And what we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could have talked to or asked Alan Shepard what it must have been like to have been shot out of this earth into outer space and then splashing down the ocean, uh, he could sit down and tell you about, all about uh, uh, the experience. If you were to be able to, to sit with uh, John Glenn when he was shot out of this uh, world and orbited this earth uh, several times and then splashing down in the ocean, I mean, I remember those days, and many of you in here will remember those days. Some of you have no idea, so you have to look at the history books to see what all went uh, transpired. But they were so concerned about them coming back into the Earth's atmosphere and, and the heat shields and all of that, and then splashing down in the ocean and, and then trying to get a life jacket around that big capsule so it didn't sink. I mean, can you imagine the experiences uh, that those old boys had? And it's amazing to me what God does with experiences. I mean, I, I love experiences, and I'm so thankful. Uh, I could write a book, and, and you could too, on your experiences of, of what God, and the way God has brought things together. I mean, it's amazing to me. Lynn and I talk about it all the time. I mean, hey, we've been married 45 years, and we think, where in the world has 45 years gone? And we begin to think back before we were ever married and, and our high school days and the experiences that we had there and then, then moving on to higher learning institutions and then standing at an altar, committing our lives to one another and, and then to think about all the experiences uh, that we have had since we have been married and, and you know and we don't have no idea how much longer we will be able to be together but it'll be what the Bible says until death does us part you know I think of so many times why, why can't God just take both of them at the same time why take one and leave one I mean, and it's such, such a sad thing sometimes and, and of course Lynn all the time tells me well I'm praying God will take us at the same time well hopefully he will but if he don't Hey, one of us is going to be left back here. And all we have, y'all, is the experiences that happens to us along the way. And there are many. 
And so when we think about these experiences, I just want us to uh, think about how to experience the Lord through Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is Thursday. Many of you will be cooking. Uh, many of you may be going out. You'll be doing different activities. And, and many of you family will be coming home. And, and hopefully, Lord willing, we, we're looking forward to, to having our boys and their families at the house. And just have a wonderful time of experience, not only around the table, but just I hope the weather's fit because I just I, I want to sit on the porch one more time with the boys and the rockers and, and just listen to them tell the stories, the, the experiences uh, that they have and what they are even experiencing uh, in today's life. Um, so as we think about how to experience the Lord during Thanksgiving, first of all, I want us to think about the experience of salvation. Folk, listen, it's time to get it nailed down, okay? Um, some of you may be not sure. Some of you don't know what to ask. Some of you are just floundering around with it, hoping it's going to work itself out. Listen, it's not going to do it. It's a personal thing. When you look at verse 9, I mean, excuse me, verse 7, the first part is, it says the law of the Lord is perfect. I mean, that's what we deal with every day. I deal with the law of the Lord every day of what's, what's right and what's wrong and what God expects and what God does not want. You know, it's, it's a constant thing in my life. It's a constant thing or should be in your life. So, when we think about the experience of salvation, you need to nail it down today, right now, in your own, own heart and mind. I want you to think about, am I really saved? Where it was it? You may not remember where it was. It's okay. You may not remember when it was. It's okay. But you need to know that it was, if it was. I believe about the Bible teaches that once you're saved, you're saved forever. You can't be saved here today and lost tomorrow. What kind of a religion or Christianity would that be? I would hate to lay down at night not knowing whether I was saved or not. So you need to get it nailed down today. You say, I don't want to embarrass me or my family or, or anybody. Listen, I'd rather embarrass my family. I'd rather embarrass my church family and get saved and know without any doubt when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Because, hey, life is over with. Once they pronounce you dead or me dead, it's over here. There ain't no backing up. There ain't no, hey, I got to go get this. You're too late to get it right. Today is the day of salvation. That's what Jesus said. Now, if anybody knew about salvation, he did. He paid for your salvation. He paid for my salvation. So, listen, I want you to think in your heart right now, hey, I haven't got it nailed down. I want it nailed down. If maybe if you don't want to, if you don't want to respond this morning, listen, put it, you got your care card, put it on there. I'll be the one to see it. Not everybody in this crowd sees those cards. You understand? Please understand. If you put on that, if you check confidential, mark it down, it's confidential. I hold that card out. The care team doesn't even see that confidential card. Put it on there. If you say, hey, my salvation is not nailed down. I need to talk to you. Put your name, your number, and, and check confidential. Listen, folks, it's time that we dealt with it. It's too late to deal with it when you stand before God undone and lost without Jesus. Experience his salvation. It says the law. Well, that's the Ten Commandments. It says they're perfect. 
You know why they're perfect? Because it came from God. God didn't make no mistake when he set those things down. And hey, it to, I, I may mention this again, but to me it is a challenge to keep the commandments. You don't keep the commandments in order to get saved. You don't keep the commandments to stay saved. You keep the commandments of God because that's what he asked us to do. I mean, hey, he gave those things to, to Moses and bless his heart, he blew it. He threw them down and tore them up. And then he had to go back and, and, and apologize and ask God, can you do it? Well, will you do it one more time? And God gave it to him. What if he hadn't? He said, no, I'm sorry, bud. I give things one time and that's it. But he gave it again. And it's a challenge. The Bible says if you break one, you've broken all of them. We must be careful. We are, we are too quick to point our finger and say, hey, look what they do. Look what. When I'm doing this, there's three pointing back here and one shot out over yonder. Serious. We are so quick to condemn somebody when we haven't looked at our own self. As I said, I'm looking at you all this morning. Y'all are blurred. Blurred. He said, where am I all the time? Well, I don't sleep in them. <laughs> I just walked out and forgot them. I realized it by the, on the way up here. Well, I should have turned around and went back. But I didn't. That's an experience. Don't forget your glasses. <laughs> Passed by Della this morning. She's, first thing she says, she didn't say good morning. How you doing? Where's your glasses? She wanted me to see how good looking she was. Hey. I don't look forward to the day that I finally get escorted into the hearing aid office to get a hearing aid. I'll have to be escorted, I promise you. I won't go on my own. I don't look forward to the day if all my teeth fall out because there ain't going to be a sight when I show up here one Sunday morning without my glasses, without my hearing aid, and without my teeth, you know? Hey, that'd be horrible. But we got all these things in life that we've got to keep up with and, and make sure we've got. And some of you ladies, bless your heart, I want to say, are you going camping? You got the biggest bag on there and got everything imaginable in that bag. Well, thank goodness you have. But the Ten Commandments are, listen, regardless of what the public might say, they are not suggestions. They are the law of God. That's what he said in his word there, didn't he, the law of the Lord is perfect. Why is it perfect? It will convert the soul. It will change the soul. It will change the outlook. It will change the destination of the soul. That's what he says, converting the soul. Well, when we think about this, <clears throat> we know without any doubt, um, we know how to forgive but sometimes we don't want to. We just find it so hard. I'm just not going to forgive them. They, they have really hurt me. I'm just not going to forgive them. Well, let me tell you something. You listen. Hello? If you don't forgive that person, my Heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's what he said in his word. I don't want to stand before God and him say, well, you never, you ne you didn't never straighten things out on earth. You expect to come in here? We must forgive. Okay, we can't forget. Hey, sure, we don't forget. But we don't have to bring it up. Forgive and don't bring it up. Now, when we think about being forgiven, you see, not to be forgiven 
is to be condemned. Okay? John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through his son might be saved. No, I don't make all the decisions and I don't make them all right. I make decisions and they turn out wrong. And sometimes I have to, I have to live with those decisions. Okay? I have to live with them. You say, well, I didn't have nothing to do with the decision they made. That's okay. They made the decision. Where do you fall in? Hey, Bible says love. What do you do with that? Love the Word of God. Love the law. Love the Ten Commandments. Read them. Memorize them. Hang on to them. Do your best to live by them. You know, when God gave us the Ten Commandments, He gave us really all the laws that we needed. That was it. All wrapped up in ten. And we are still today have what they call lawmakers. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought to ask Mike to brought the ball book here this morning. I wonder how thick that book is. Now, I wouldn't dare put him on the spot, but somebody was to ask me, do you know everything that's in the Bible? No. You know everything that's in the law book? No. People say, well, how do I know I'm breaking the law? There's a convictor inside that says, hey, you need to stop doing that. That's not the way you do things. But so many times we don't want to listen to the convictor. We need to experience the salvation of God. Listen, nothing will ever change your life. Nothing. Like Jesus can. I mean, he could change it. And he wants to change it. You say, well, I was saved way back yonder. And I, I, I didn't follow through. And I, I just feel, I feel all lost. Well, get it nailed down. By the way, Monday, all the youngers is gathering in the Good News Club. And the little girl walks in, Alyssa. Was it? Her name just left me. She walks in, walks right up to me. Preacher Kenny, I want to be saved. I said, okay, let me get, if you got your snack, get, got her a snack, got her some water, and she had her little stuff. And I said, come on. We walked down the hall, found us a quiet little pew and sat down on it. I said, why are you, what do you, what do you want to talk to Preacher Kenny about? She said, I want to be saved. I said, why? She said, because I want eternal life, and I want to go to heaven when I die. I said, well, what did Jesus do? She said, he died on the cross for my sins. She said, did you know that they, they buried him in a, a big old hole and rolled a big boulder over that opening? And you know he stayed in there three days and then he pushed that boulder out of the way and he came out of there. I said, that's right, girl. You, you got it. And we got on our knees right there in the public school, in the public hallway with people going back and forth. Ah! Hallelujah. And she, she prayed and invited Jesus into her heart. She was so excited. I said, now, baby, what we got to do, as soon as we get back in yonder, we got to get everybody quiet. And you got to tell them what happened. And we did. And she said, I got saved. And, of course, the good news crowd broke out just like you all did. I think it was Carolyn when she carried, uh, uh, went out to meet the parents who pick up the children. You see, we make sure that the right people are picking up the right children. They have to sign. 
And when they, when Carolyn went to the car for the lady to sign, she said, I want you to know that your little girl got saved today. Well, the mother was so excited. I want to tell you something to be praying about, okay? It's not to be talked about, it's to be prayed about. I want to tell you what we want to do. We've had six saved in Good News Club so far this year. Now, right now, at present time, we don't have anywhere to baptize, but we can make up something if we have to. Now, listen, this is what we want to try our best to do. Because most of these kids' parents are not in church. Because I asked a little girl, and you have to ask them this. I said, baby, who do you live with? She said, my mama and my daddy and my little brother. I said, where y'all go to church? She said, we don't. I said, my mama and daddy have to work. I go... For these little kids that's getting saved, we're doing our best to meet the parents. We want to have a baptism here for those good news kids. We want to invite those parents to a meal furnished by the church. A meal for them, baptize the little children, and get to know these people. Yes, they have to work, but I don't know that they work in Monday, I mean Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Listen, folks, our county is lost. Basically, it's lost. And we have a golden opportunity on Monday to share the good news with precious little children who are ready to be saved. And we need to pray for their parents. I challenge you, be praying. Because that's what, that's what we want to do. We want to have a baptismal service for the good news kids and their parents and invite them to a meal. It can only happen through prayer. It can only happen uh, through God. So this Thanksgiving... Thank God for your salvation. If you don't have it, like I say, write it on the card. You need to make a step somewhere. And that could be a, the first step. Write it on the card. Hey, I'm lost or I'm not sure whether I'm saved or not. I need to talk to you. Just put, put it on there. I'll look at it today. I will contact you today. We will get this thing nailed down. I want to help you nail it down. Not only we experience salvation in the first part of verse 7... But the second part of verse 7, we experience his testimony, for he says, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Well, it's sure, that's for sure. His testimony is sure. The Lord Jesus left us his testimony. If nothing else, I'll be back. I'm coming back. And he makes, it, it, we, it makes us wise when we read and we study about the Lord's testimony. You see, he came from heaven. Come to this earth. And the Bible, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us his whole life story. But he's coming back in the book of Revelation. He's coming back. He's coming back to rescue the church. He, he went home, uh, came from heaven. He's going back to heaven. He's on the right hand of God the Father. And he's coming back to get you, church. He came from heaven and he went back. He also performed miracles while he was here. I mean, many miracles were performed by him. I have one book in my study, simply entitled, Miracles is Recorded in the Bible. Miracles. There's many of them in the Bible. They're still happening. Miracles still are still taking place. We just overlook them and, and don't recognize them sometimes. You see, by saving us, listen to this. He chose, God chose to live in us through the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine right here where you're sitting, where I'm standing right now, if we're saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. 
He's taken up residence there. And I think sometimes, are we, are we keeping our house clean? Or are we choking the Holy Spirit? You see, the Bible teaches us that we shouldn't do that. We should feed on the Word of God. That's the only place you go to get fed, by the way, is out of the Word of God through experiences that He will give us along the way. You see, some people, and some of you are in here, who have experienced death and came back to life. You've told me your story. My daddy experienced that. He was shot about three times, brought back. He told the doctor and he told me, he said, don't you die, let him do that to me again. And the day that daddy died on a Memorial Day weekend on Friday and my holding him in my arms, when the first responder boys got there, they said, what do you want us to do? I said, what can you do? He said, we can shock his heart. I said, no, don't do that. Daddy had a defibrillator sitting right in here, $35,000 worth. <laughs> he passed away in my arms and I stretched him out in the bed and I'm just standing there looking at him. And I'm thinking, you know, what should I do? Should I? I had already called 911 immediately. That thing was designed not only to keep his heart in rhythm, but if it stopped, to shock it. I am not teasing you. It scared me. I knew what happened, but it scared me when I, I'm standing there looking at it. His whole body all of a sudden just jerked. That thing was kicking him one more time, but it was too late. He was gone. Some of you experienced that. You've experienced dying and being brought back. You see, the study of God's Word, Bible says, will make us wise. Wise. Not to be the smartest person in the world, what good is that? Not to have all the money in the world, what good is that? The Bible says if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have it profited you? You're not going to take anything with you, that's for sure. So we need to concentrate and, and, and be thankful this Thanksgiving for our salvation and be thankful for the Lord's testimony that He chose us to live in. Thirdly, as we think about experiencing the Lord through thanksgiving, in verse 8, we need to experience his law and his, uh, his commands. It says, uh, the statutes of the Lord are right. I'm glad they're right. You don't have to rewrite them. They are already wrote and they are right. Rejoicing in the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, opening up our eyes where we can see spiritual things. Now, when we think about this, it plainly says the statues are right. The statues are the law. It's right. When, when he gave them to Moses, he gave them to him right. And listen, as I said earlier, it is a challenge to keep the Ten Commandments. And they're all the time, all the time trying to take the things down. Get rid of the Ten Commandments. Hey, they're not going to take it out of me. They can't erase it off of my heart. I may not know them perfectly all in order, but they're there. Where I can reach back and call for them. They're the convictors in order to live right in this world. And it ought to cause us to be happy. To know we're saved and we're doing our best to keep the law. Remember what I said. Keeping the law don't get you saved. Keeping the law don't, don't, don't make, continue to keep you saved or, or get you saved. But it is a way to live. 
a way to live. It is the way to live. God said, I love you. I'm going to give you some, some rules to go by. If you go by these rules and, and honor me, I promise I'll bless you beyond what you're able to receive. Blessings. Listen, his commandments are pure according to the word. You see, love is a strong point here. Do you love the word of God? You know, you, you ask the court, where's your Bible? Well, it's at home if I can find it. We ought to know. If we were to become blind today and could not see, do you know where to walk in your house and pick up your Bible? You need to know that. The Bible says it'll open our eyes. It, it, it will enlighten our eyes. You know what it'll open our eyes to? Opportunities. Opportunities to serve the Lord. Listen, I love, I love opportunities. God just opened the door and see if I don't go through it. I done quit questioning God a long time ago. Are you sure that's where you want me to? Hey, he wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. He opens the door. We need to be ready to move. Let me give you a fourth thing. As we're talking about uh, experiencing uh, the Lord during Thanksgiving, we need to be thankful for our salvation and thankful for the Lord's testimony and thankful for his law and his commands. But also, we need to experience his commitment. You know, he made a commitment. Uh, verse 9 uh, says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous. And then he uses that big word, all together. All together, he has put me together. He, the Bible says he knows my inward parts. Okay? And if you all, who have, whoever lost some inward parts, he knows you don't have them parts anymore. And for those of you who have parts that belong to somebody else, he knows that too. Thank God for transplants. Thank God for being transplanted, from being lost to being saved. Now, listen to me. The Bible says, verse 9, it's clean. Not only is it clean, but it'll last forever. It's not something that has to be recreated. It will last forever. It's true. It's pure. His judgments, the Bible says, is true and righteous. All right? I want you to let's read verse 10. Look at it. More to be desired... Are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb? Well, I don't know that, I don't know if we have any gold in the house. We might. I don't know of any, unless Lynn's got some stashed away somewhere. <laughs> A lot of people, though, hey, you see these signs? We buy gold. I bet it wouldn't give you nothing for it, hardly. But if you go to buy it, hey, it gets on the money. Gold. What are you going to do with it? I'm not worried about having gold here because Lord willing, one of these days, I'm going to walk on a street of gold. Paved with gold. You say, why would he go to that trouble and waste? Waste. He created it. He, he can build a highway out of gold if he wants to. It's all his. And he's going to give me a portion of it just to stroll down. Can you imagine looking down at it? A street of gold. I don't know about you, but I love honey. Woo! I mean, hey, I put it in my coffee. I put it on my cereal. And after I finish eating sometime, now, Lynn don't care anything about it, so don't think when I'm passing germs here. I take that tablespoon when I'm done and dig her down in there and roll her up and just put it back in there and just let her soak. Mmm. -hmm. I mean, I love honey. 
And, it's, and that honeycomb, dig a chunk out of there and poke it back in your jaw. You know, just let her melt away and get to chew that cone. Bible says that the word of God is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. And if it gets any better than that, I don't know where we can stand it or not. I mean, can you imagine all the honey that's going to be there? You said it's going to be honey there? Sure he is. He created it. He said, no, he didn't. The bees did. Who created the bee? He created the bee, and the bee made the honey. There's a song about that somewhere. I don't want to sing it. You glad. <laughs> but it's all about love, what God does for us. I mean, it's just amazing to me. His love is stronger than any, any other love we'll ever experience. I love Lynn, and I know she loves me. She has to put up with this. But God loves me more. Can you imagine? God loves me more. I know that you, most of you love me. I said most of you. But God loves me more than you do. He loves me in spite of who I am. I mean, it's just amazing to me how he takes something like this and change it and fix it and mold it and, and remold it and break it and melt it and remold it again. And it just keeps on because I want to be willing. You see, I, I'm a doormat Christian. Wipe your feet on me. It's okay. It says welcome. And when we think about that love, no greater love, the Bible says, hath a man than a man, a friend, lay down his life for his friend. And, and that's what Jesus did. He laid his life down for you and me. Would you lay your life down for anybody? I mean, really, when it comes down to it, oh, yeah, well, hey, I'll give you one of my lungs, but I need to keep one. What if you ain't got but one? I'll give you one of my eyes, but I ain't got but one good one. Are you willing to go blind for somebody? How much love do we have for one another? The Bible says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. That's a total being. You melt this thing down and, and evaporate all the water out of it, there ain't going to be much left. We mostly made up of water. I mean, if we get mashed, it's just going to be a wet spot, basically. You know? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, our soul, our mind, our total being. God wants it all. And then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Are you willing? In closing, look at, look at verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation, the thoughts of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord. That's where my strength comes from, because you are my redeemer. Let it all go to glorify the Lord. You see, our words, listen, our words should be so salty that the people around us will want some. Our thoughts should be pure thoughts. How to experience the Lord during Thanksgiving, experience his salvation, Think about it. It's a gift. Nobody can give it to you except the Lord. Nobody. Nobody went to the cross and died for you and me except the Lord. Be thankful for salvation. Be thankful for his testimony. Be thankful that he's, hey, he's coming back. But he's given us these laws to live by. They're, as I said earlier, they're not suggestions. They are the law of God. And they're pure. They're sweet. They're better than gold. Much fine gold. As I said, if you haven't done it yet, you need to do it right now on your card. If you're not sure of your salvation, please, I beg you, let's get it right. The hardest thing 
that I have experienced as a pastor is when somebody calls and said, so-and-so's died and they want you to do his funeral or her funeral. If you don't know where they went, may God bless you and use you. I just want to be what the Lord wants. Whatever it is, it don't matter. He's already paid for it. I don't have to pay for it. All I have to do is show up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these that sit before me today. And Lord, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for that little spot in Gatlinburg around that table. That you allowed me to sit there and read and, and pray and, and write. And then to be able to use it, God, I just thank you and I praise you for all that you do for us. All the provisions you provide, not only for Lynn and me, but for these precious people that sit before me. And for all the provisions you provide for our church. Lord, for our Good News Club, God, you know our goal for our Good News kids. God, I pray that if it's going to happen, it's going to have to come through you, God. And I pray that all of us would be open and ready to share your word. Father, if there's anybody that's bold enough today to walk forward and say, hey, I'm lost, I want to be saved. Or I, I, I thought I was saved, and maybe I'm not saved. And Lord, just give them, give them boldness, holy boldness to walk this aisle today to confess you. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us now. In Jesus' name, amen. What do we say?